My dad went to prison when I was two. Fast forward, you know, he was kind of like the Disneyland dad where he would just like pop in. The guy was not a nice dude. When it stocked the fridge with food, and so I'm like, dude, I'm on day three of hot dogs. Like, I can't do this anymore. Felt like I was kind of like a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I was always trying to please everyone who I was around, and if someone was mad at me, I would do everything I could to try to fix it, try to fit in, right. try to do these things, and then it got exhausting. Have you been able to correlate anything to that switch? Like, how, how are you supposed to be perfect all the time? How are you supposed to be this high, godlike person who doesn't make mistakes, and then when you do make a mistake, you either call it how it is or you don't say anything and you let the world walk on you. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Failure Podcast, guys. I am your host, Austin, and uh, we have a super awesome show for you guys today. This one, we're, we're throwing it back a little bit to the first ever episode that we had, the first guests uh, that we ever had on the Failure Podcast, Dallas and Ty from Opaque Screen Printing. Uh, or is it, did you guys officially change it to the branding solutions name yet? We should actually talk about that, but yeah. no, we did not. Okay. Opaque screen printing. We'll call it. Welcome you guys. Welcome. Hello. Thank, Thank you for, for coming. Us. Thank you for having us, man. We have a, uh, we have a really fun packed. I have a fun packed show for you guys. Cause I one I think this will be a little bit more of an experience for you guys than it was in the past. Cause before you guys were like doing me a solid, you guys were doing me a solid. <laughs> you're like, Hey, Listen, Austin, we know what, you're, what you've been through, what you're trying to do. We'll come on the show and we'll, you know, I guess make our, let you look silly in front of us with us. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I'm excited to actually let you guys experience, uh, you know, the value that I think we can bring to the show now that uh, I get the jitters out. And one, I'm very thankful for you guys allowing me that opportunity initially. So I'm very, very thankful. You don't even know. I don't know what I'd do without the first episode of us with each other, just getting the jitters out that we never aired, by the way. You know that? <laughs> yeah. The very first one? We never aired it. Yep. So there's still, guys, <clears throat> it's probably gone now. Um, it's it, I deleted it from the drive. That's how bad it was. It was I think I lot. cried on that one, too. I think we all cried. Gosh. <laughs> baby, I think it got really Man, so many life changes since then. <laughs> Dude, a lot, actually, for real. Yeah. Um, do me a favor, everybody. You guys, if you are still watching the show and you haven't really quite established what it is yet, that's really because it's ever-changing. Um, this vision of the Failure Podcast initially started as an entrepreneurship podcast where I would talk to other entrepreneurs about failure, about struggle, about all of these different things, but... It has surely evolved like everything else does in life and changed and we are adapting with it. And I have found so much more value from talking about real life experiences, whether you are an entrepreneur or you're not an entrepreneur. I don't care what kind of clout you have or what following you have. Like everybody has a story to tell and I'm making it my mission and my job to be able to show those stories and those struggles. Not saying you guys have that here or whatever. I'm sure everybody does have a story, but um, you know that that's kind of what this is. It's been a lot more motivational for me. It's been a lot more therapeutic for me. So if you're wondering what this is, just giving you an insight, that's what this podcast has become and what it it is. So anyway, okay, now that we got that shit out of the way, we can have some conversation, you guys. How are things? How's business? Tell me. Business is good, man. It's been a little bit slow uh, with the start of the year, the the holidays and everything, but Mm -hmm. it's just uh, time for us to kind of collect our thoughts and uh, our systems and just really kind of hone in on what we want to be doing this year. Yeah, no, I think uh, I would agree with you. January sucks ass. It's like the hardest month for me. Is it? Is it the slow January the slowest month for you? 
Absolutely. Yeah, right after Christmas. It feels like it, but like when you look at it on pen and paper, the last January actually wasn't bad. Like we were checking out on numbers. Same. But it's a very slow start though, and it's like you can't <clears throat> expect it. You know, it's like we work really hard to you know get it in like the last end of the month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I always feel like to January comes where. I used to like hate Januarys, but now I feel like I'm so jaded and prepared for in the not prepared for the money loss. The money loss sucks no matter what, dude. Um, excuse me, Waterloo burps already. We're not even two minutes <laughs> into this. Um, yeah, January sucks no matter what, just because I feel like you end up having to pull those stops out and try and adapt and you know reach out to those clients you hadn't reached out to in a while or put that email blast out that you hadn't put out in a while. You know, you're doing all the extra stuff that we probably should be doing year round but January ends up happening. So what do you value more in a friendship? Loyalty or honesty? Oh, honesty, 110%, man. But I feel like that is such a way of being loyal. Like, I want the the transparency. Sure. um, But through loyalty. It's not like I want you to just sit and rip on me, but I want, like, the good feedback. Yeah, yeah, I could, I get that. I was thinking about this while I was folding laundry earlier. Don't ask why. Don't know why. Just laundry thoughts, you know. Um, the once in a lifetime laundry that I do. Sorry, Devin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't really ever do laundry, guys. Just so you know. Props to my wife. Um, and I was actually like, I, like trying to figure out if there was ever a moment where I would be okay with somebody not being honest with me. Like, if, if there is those things in life that you shouldn't, or like you'd, you'd rather not know. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think those exist in friendships though? Like, like there's just like, or would you a hundred percent want that brutal honesty all the time? I just want the brutal honesty. I don't know about you, Ty. Yeah. Um, I agree, but at the same <clears throat> time, I think it kind of, you know, puts in per- to perspective, like, is this something that can like benefit the, your relationship? Um, like what is that going to, going to affect, you know? Yeah, no, I think, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I think loyalty is so important to me, but you said it really well, actually. I didn't think about that aspect of it because it's it's actually kind of crazy when you think about past friendships or past relationships that you don't have. They usually end up holding like something of that sort where it's they weren't necessarily loyal to you because they were dishonest with you. Absolutely, you know? yep. Or I don't know. It's just a... I feel like they also go, you can't have one without the other. Like you can't have honesty. Well, I guess you could have honesty without being loyal. I, but I just feel like being loyal to your friend is being honest to them. Like, yeah. I, but I get what you're like. The analogy you had was perfect. Yeah. And I also just think I was thinking about w- would there ever be a case? And I couldn't really think of one, to be honest with you, that I would want my friend to lie, lie to me about. I think that. The only thing that I can think of is if I was in a really low point, like a really, really low point, and I needed, you know, an attaboy. Because I feel like there are times with my employees that I'm like, I'm not going to say that right now. I might not lie to you, but I'm just going to hold that piece back. Do you think that's okay? Yes, because if you have intention on bringing this situation or what you're talking about mm-hmm. to existence like you plan on having that conversation there's absolutely a, a time and place to have that conversation you don't just drop everything and 
good do it point. in front of the whole room. That's that's what I was trying to hunt for. It's <laughs> like so it's 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 almost like it's okay in certain scenarios to be maybe not maybe not lie. Maybe or dishonest is maybe the wrong word for it. Maybe it's like I sh- I am <laughs> withholding information. I don't know what the word is for it, but you're just picking the right time to approach somebody about something or an issue or like, yeah, because I just feel like when people have bad days, dude, sometimes you don't want to like slam the freaking hatchet on them. And honestly, though, like caveat to myself here or devil's advocate to myself, there's always been times where I realized that in those moments where I didn't feel like I needed, I wouldn't have made it through that or I'm like, damn, way to, you know, rain on me when I'm already down or sad. Like, usually there is some value to that, too. The brutal honesty, even in the lowest points where it's like, maybe that's kind of what you need to crawl out of it. So I think um, like I would want people to be honest with me because I think that's I react to that better. But I have seen people in relationships who are very loyal and you know you have a lot of people who maybe have been friends since school and then onward up and through life where it's they can get away with a lot of things because mm-hmm. you're loyal to them and so it's like but how strong is that bond in that friendship you know where it's just like you're constantly allowing people to get away with things like kind of turn the other eye on it and so it's like where's the honesty in that like where is the loyalty in letting people get away with things sure no i don't disagree i don't i definitely think uh yeah, I think the more that I think about it, I just want to hear all of it, the truth, no bullshit. Um, as much as it sucks, even in those moments that sometimes you just got to be. Those conversations are hard, though. They are, but I think they get easier when you practice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have have you had agree. a lot of practice? Well, that was like when Ty and I first met, that was one of the first things that I got out on the table. It's like, I, I want... Like, if you're upset with something that I do, I want you to have, like, a comfort zone or a safe space to be able to talk to me about it. Mm. And even if it's something that you feel like it's going to, like, significantly upset me, it's like, I know that I'm you're my partner and that you have my best interest. And my goal in life is to be a better person every day or be better than I was yesterday. Sure. I had terrible communication skills. And so he definitely, like, guided me through all of that. Um, yeah. I, I still do. I, think. <laughs> I don't think you had bad com- uh, uh, conversation or communication. Sorry. Holy crap. Um, I, I think that you just needed a space to be able to feel comfortable on being able to talk about those things. You had it in you. It was just having the space. You know, it's like whatever we went through as children or however, you know, our parents or may, may not even be our parents. Could have been a big brother or someone. Um, however, they allow you to speak in the room is kind of what you grow up knowing. So being able to have a safe space and have a partner or a friend that allows you that space, like mm-hmm. that, that's you being able to talk about it. For sure, dude. No, I, I think it's ever growing skill, like ever or not ever growing skill, but an ever evolving skill too. Because I feel like as you go through life, you end up talking about more tough shit. You know what I mean? Things that you might or conversations you initially thought were super hard to have with your dad or your mom when you're a kid. And you're like, I don't want to say that, you know, as you go through life, you evolve and you realize that just getting it out usually is the best route the fir- from the get go and just being way abruptly open. I just also like I'm I'm still working on the whole limiting myself and trying to figure out how to communicate 
the way I want to communicate. Because I feel like now if, you know, if I, if I just spit it all out at once, I end up saying some shit I didn't want to say, which is really, really hard to do. And then you can't take that back, bro. That's what I'm learning is like, I'm almost too blunt to the point now, even with my wife, we have, we have conversations or disagreements and in the heat of the moment, you end up saying some shit that you didn't want to say always in my, in my case, I don't know if that's everybody else's marriage, but I definitely say some shit. I end up going like, yeah, that was kind of fucked up afterwards. I probably shouldn't have said that or how I said that or, you know, the tone or the, you know, so that's, I think my biggest practice. I don't have a problem saying how I feel or telling somebody how I feel. I think it's just always projecting also, uh, figuring out how to project it is my, is a skill. They say that, what is it? 80 or 90% of people in the world aren't self-aware. And I think that's, uh, something that you have to really be conscious of and, and, and think about is just what you're saying and how you're saying it. Like delivery is huge, but have like creating that space with your wife, you know, it's like, we don't all want to act out of emotion. Mm -hmm. You, know, you want to sit down and think about what you're going to say before you say it. It's a practice, bro. Yeah. How do you how do you think that you best handle f moments like that? Like when you're so frustrated, you're whether or not it's a, it could be not being a a marriage setting. You know, uh, it could be a again an employee employer mindset too or setting too. How do you like, do you stew on it? Do you, what do you, what does that process look like for you of figuring out the right thing to say in the right time? Uh, well, <laughs> Why did you look at her? <laughs> well, I do have because, an answer, but I want to hear her answer. Um, I think, you know, it is different between like personal because like we're more comfortable with each other. And so I think you can definitely like, I'll for sure get sassy. But if we're talking about like business stuff, um, he <laughs> sassy that word <laughs> he will want to respond right away and have something and i'm like hey like let's just sit on it for a second let's just like think about it let's let some time pass because like you can get just so worked up and so your emotions are so deep into it where it's just like okay like let it go sleep on it and let's revisit tomorrow morning because mm -hmm. we're gonna have a completely different mindset on it we're gonna be thinking like a little bit more rational because when that stuff happens, like you have like these alarms going off in your head and you're just like, oh my gosh. And you're not really seeing it. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard in the moment though to see that. So it's almost like you need that PIC, <laughs> that partner in crime to look at you and like, kind of like equal you out a little bit. I think that's a really big benefit to being in business with your partner. Devin and I definitely have that dynamic, but I mean, what's your answer? I'm definitely the type of person that wants to respond on like first initial emotion. I just think that like being able to understand who you're talking to is important because there's certain people you have to communicate differently with. So gauging people was probably more important. And I don't want it to sound like a manipulative thing because it's not what it is. It's like, you know, you can't stew on something and just like blurt out on emotion. It's like we got to be able to communicate our words in a mm -hmm. way that people are going to understand, but also we're not going to come off as being a dick. Yeah. It's, it's different in a business setting for sure. I feel like, I feel like you should treat it the same way with relationships and business, you know, for sure. But like, I just feel like, like you had said, that's a, that's a great point. You know, it depends on who I'm talking to realistically. Um, if it's a Facebook post, maybe differently than I would respond to somebody who's looking me in the face and has an issue or my wife or, you know, something like that. But 
Yeah, dude. I had a just the other day we we had a, a mom's group lady, which happens about once a month. I don't know if you guys ever dealt with this too, where uh, somebody will get upset and blast something about your business on social media, and then the sixty closet, you know, people who didn't say anything but found their moment to voice their opinion on your product or your business will all chime in and next thing you know it's 175 comments deep of somebody talking shit and you're just like how the fuck am i supposed to respond to this like how do i even play this so i had a really good tactic the other day though i don't know if you guys watched but i hopped on my instagram live and i was like you know what (laughs) sat back in my chair and i was like hold on a second here Hold on a second here. I can't respond to every one of these comments, but what I can do is I can provide you some perspective. I give you some perspective on my life. I can humanize myself and let you know that like some the, one of the comments really bugged me. I normally don't let comments bug me, but it said, uh, every time I see a post about this devs, devs or somebody complaining about it, it's almost like this company has a following that is a can-do-no-wrong company. And I was like, 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 like we never fuck anything up, you know? And this frustrated me because I was like, bro, you go look over my page over the last three years. And there's me talking about all of the wrongs that I've done. There's me just displaying every fuck up or every time I break something. Like, come <laughs> on. You are talking to the wrong person right now who says we, we are a can do no wrong company. And that lit me up. And like, not in a bad way. Like I wasn't angry. I was just like, bro, I know you're wrong about this. Like, come on. There's no way. So anyway, I hopped on there and uh, I don't know. I just like, I laid it all out. I didn't care anymore. Like, I feel like there's so many times where I gave a shit about what the outside world thought of my product. at Not not my product. Or had a bad experience and I would internalize and go to every one of those bad experiences. And I'm like, that just gets so beyond exhausting. Like, how, how are you supposed to be perfect all the time? How are you supposed to be this high godlike person who doesn't make mistakes? And then when you do make a mistake, it's like you either call it how it is and you own up to it or you don't say anything and you let the world walk on you. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm just like, yeah, I did. I did fucking not serve a real egg on your breakfast bagel. You know why? Because the fucking fire department's an asshole and they... Don't let us serve the real leg anymore or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, enough of my rant. Uh, do you guys have situations like that? So we had this uh, pretty high profile customer reach out to us and wanting to do some embroidery. Yeah. And we were kind of jumping through hoops to make it happen because we wanted this high profile customer. Mm-hmm. So I ended up staying late. I got this job done. It was kind of a pain in the ass um i had to run i think like 144 hats on a single head because we only had one of these style hoops um it was two location they bartered us with the price and i just agreed on it which i typically wouldn't do mm-hmm. um but we ended up going going for it i sent them a picture of one of the hats ran it got the thumbs up and then we ended up um we ended up uh running the rest of them and i never got any 
verbal feedback on the second one or we got verbal feedback probably about an hour later and then i didn't send them a a second picture of the other hats Mm -hmm. i was like everything's fine we literally have like a tech pack sheet now where we'll like write down the thread color write down like sops like which to clarify it was just a color change okay which is why so it was the same design but just a color change yeah Yep. Mm. And so everything was like very thoroughly wrote out and like mocked up a customer approved before we ever even send it into production. I just took an extra second to like snap one of the, uh, a picture of the hat, send it to him, but it took him like probably around 45 minutes to an hour to get back to us. So I'm like, we're cool. Like we're on a time crunch. We've got to get these out. And right. so we end up getting them done and he reaches out and it was kind of one of those things where the way he was communicating with us before was a little bit just unprofessional um it was almost yeah i won't go into like specific details of it um but we we got a a message later on that said like hey everything looked great besides this style hat Mm -hmm. and the it was like everything was wrote out in front of you like you picked this thread color to match this specific thing sure and the, but the way he like communicated with us um, kind of sent Ty over the edge. Uh, she didn't want I to. I like, think it was a kind of. I was, <laughs> she was I, pretty pissed I, off. I, I was, yeah, I can respond to anything, but I was like, this is yours now. I'm like, I'm out. So I did step in and I got to give you some, I got to give you a little bit of backstory on Ty. Like, Ty's like a very, she's amazing at customer service. The way she communicates with people, like even in moments where they're not super friendly, Mm -hmm. like she remains, like she just has a good tone throughout the way that she emails people. Right. And um, typically, you know, she's like, happy Wednesday, like blah, blah, blah. Like, Mm -hmm. thank you for your inquiry or whatever. And so I'm like, Ty, this like specific kind of customer, like they're just not that type of person that you talk like that with. You know, it's like, they don't want the happy Monday kind of shit. They want the, hey, here's your order. Like, thank you. We appreciate you, but mm-hmm. later. Yeah, bye. <laughs> you know? No, no, no middle, Which no, that's no not whatever me. stuff. Yeah. So. And, and so I think it's kind of silly also, like, uh, just to cap that, like, if you don't fucking like a happy Wednesday in your post or like a little <laughs> bit of love, like, fuck off, dude. Right. <laughs> no offense. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I totally understand this customer is like, okay. They want, they want good communication, but good communication for them is just like getting straight to the point. Yeah. And so like cut, cut the BS and let's just hash it out. So I hopped on the phone with them and mm-hmm. I was just like, look, like we're not trying to fuck sh- like fuck stuff up. Like we're lit, like this, we make a living off of this business and we're super passionate about it. Like I've mm-hmm. been doing it since I was 17 years old. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to make sure you like what we're doing because we want to continue to work with you. For sure. And it was, I think at that moment where he's just like, I appreciate you. He's like, we're not going to worry about it. We'll just like throw these ones on sale or something like that. Yeah, like, he's like, the customer's not even upset about it. So we're like, cool. There's a lot of missing information in this. So I, I hope get it. it I get sense. it. No, it, it does. In a sense of what, like, you know, how do you handle that situation is what you just displayed which is like both of you guys are a team in a sense of understanding you know if i'm out like i'm out but it's it's a testament to say also like you have to gauge the customer you have to gauge the person i personally i don't leave any of that fluff out like i'm like you and i don't care 
Like I, sometimes I am cut and dry. I don't necessarily mean to. It's it's more of like I'm in a hurry though. But like yeah. it definitely if somebody's responding to me that way, I love that. I mm-hmm. need that. Like I'm like, you know, please like 100%. give me something. But I get it. I don't know. It kind of sucks though. I mean, I'm also a very straight to the point kind of person too, mainly because a lot of the time it's like I am in a rush, mm-hmm. you know, and as much as I want to spend all this time just yeah. kind of touching base and see how you're doing, it's like we're we're running like high production and we don't got a lot of time to waste. And mm-hmm. so we got to get down to business and really figure out the details. If a customer obviously wants to have that moment, I will be here and have that moment and then pass it off to Ty. Yeah, no, totally get it. What in your eyes does it mean to fail? Does it mean losing your business? Does it mean failing a customer? Like, or is it really even possible to to fail per se? Um, I, I don't like the term failure. I don't think you can fail. I think, you know, you can get into situations where you learn that, hey, maybe that's not the right route. Like you ended up in this situation and I think you can either have the mindset that like, okay, I failed and there's no moving forward. Or you can be like, okay, well this door closed. How do I open this next one? What's the learning? Uh, what did I learn from this situation and how can I improve it and make it better? So I think that's what failure is, is like learning. It's like insane. No, it's what I should have started is what is failure? Like, what is the definition of failure for you? I guess it's a better question, but what I'm getting at where I'm going with this question, um, you said you don't like the term, you don't like failure, you know, or you feel like that you, you kind of can't really fail. Is there ever a thing that you would consider a failure? So would a failure in your eyes or your description be maybe not, maybe not accepting, uh, or not growing or learning from something and internalizing it more or less? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I mean, I think that there's different levels of failure. Um, I think there's going to be less significant failures that happen in our life that are probably not going to impact us us as much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I do like failing because I think pressure makes diamonds. I know it's super cliche, but it also just helps us be like, it just helps humbles us, humble us down to do a little bit of reflecting and see how we can be better. You know, we failed several times in what we do and we've probably failed customers. Unfortunately, you know, it's like I do everything in my wheelhouse to make things right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's can't make everybody happy all the time, Yeah. but you're going to do your best to make sure that doesn't happen again. Is there a moment? What's, what's a moment where you feel like you failed most at or like what do you think you failed most at within your business journey and what was the moment where you feel like you grew most well i'd probably have to say like we made a lot of we we did a lot of growth in a short about a short amount of time and with that we had several things from sops to um learning how to do specific types of print jobs and you know it's just trying to say yes to everybody sorry about that um but just like trying to say yes to everybody because you have this crazy amount of overhead to hit now. Uh, so I think, you know, that would probably be one of them is, yeah, we grew a lot in a short amount of time. Hmm. And because of that, we felt the impact of the things that we did wrong. Yeah, absolutely. What about with life? Not business. 
Like what's the moment where you felt like you, you think grew out of that? I don't know, just grew the most as a human. It doesn't even have to be a specific moment. It could just be fucking anything. Yeah. I mean, I've had like relationships that have failed. Yeah. Um, and then like having the time to reflect and see what you did wrong in that relationship. Um, you know, it, it crossed my path with Ty and when we met it, I knew, I knew the things that I would do wrong in a business or not in a business. I'm sorry. In a relationship. That's <laughs> okay. It's always direct <laughs> back, back to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew my flaws and I was working on them, um, consciously. Mm-hmm. And so communication was one of the things that I think my big, that was one of my biggest flaws. And so being able to take that time to learn how to communicate with a partner Mm -hmm. was huge. Yeah. And so when Ty and I met, that was one of, that was a huge thing for me putting it out there so that it also held me accountable. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I would never have recognized that as like being a flaw, like for you. Bad communication. Yeah. Oh, dude, we were all young ones. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. But it just didn't seem like that yeah. when we met. But. Maybe it's because you, it's maybe that, that's that's also really important, I feel like, to recognize the things that you're working on in life. You might be so overly judgmental of yourself and just because you want to perfect that skill. And how other people view you is way way above or way different than what you view yourself as Mm -hmm. so even something as simple as that like communication and how you maybe displayed yourself in that because you were learning and trying to grow from that and you were trying to perfect that skill you were already well above where you needed to be but you know mastering that was was something you were working on so it, it was it excelled differently i guess to the outside eye yeah i i could see that I still don't think I'm perfect. <laughs> Perfect's the wrong word, dude. Yeah. We talked about this. Uh, Carter and I had a conversation about this and uh, opened my eyes to a lot of how I view myself. And just when it comes to the constant pressure that we as individuals put on ourselves, I think to to constantly improve and grow, you know, you kind of are always trying to reach that pinnacle of yourself that you view it's almost like you'll never get there. You almost don't want to be there. I don't want to be perfect, you know, but, and that's not, uh, I've changed my perspective on what I want to, where I want to go and what I want to be as a human now. I don't care if I ever get it all fucking right. I know I'll never get it all right. Right. But I think what's more important to me now is finding more time to grow and finding more time to, to be better and just want to be better. Like have that urge to want to be better and improve myself. Whereas before I was so comfortable and like, I thought I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable with other aspects of my life, but now I just like, I want to perfect, not perfect. Sorry. Yeah. I fucking do actually. I'll never get there, but I want to perfect me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything anything wrong with saying that, but knowing that perfect is, is not something you should shoot for, but you know, Maybe it is to me, and I just know that I'll never get there, but I'm okay with that. I don't know. Is that weird to say? Not at all. No. Um, what's something that... Uh, so what are you focusing most on right now, both of you? What are you focusing most on within your life and trying to improve on? 
Or is there anything? No, there's definitely stuff. Um, I think just like being better at be- communicating <laughs> <laughs> forever. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, just being better at um, spending more present time with friends and family. Uh, that was something that was huge this last year's. I noticed that we are just kind of like absent on a lot of things and it would be awesome to be able to go to this event that we typically would be like, no, sorry, we're, we're going to, we have to work or whatever. So then it, we're going to, so then structuring our life on how we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of at this point where, I mean, me particularly, and even Ty, we would, we're just like out in production, but we're also emailing and we're doing everything. So yeah. it's like deviating off tasks to, um, to other people and taking the risk of putting just taking the risk of putting tasks onto other people. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. In no, business. it's not letting go. Letting is, go. is so hard. And so with same that, it's, you know, it's like marketing, you know, you, you did the same thing. You know, I remember when you were, uh, you, you would work at and you still do, but you'd go in and work at, you know, the, uh, orchard stand, mm-hmm. or then you went to go over to Camus and now battleground. Yep. And you got to a point where you kind of back out more and more and more and focus in on the marketing aspect of it. And I feel like you're amazing at it. Um, and it's probably something you thoroughly enjoy. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, thank you for the compliment, by the way. No, I think, uh, dude, it's always, it's a never ending road. I think what I missed, uh, from the get go with that we'll just talk about focus on this one thing you're talking about which is delegation and how hard that is um so you can have more time with family is that initial leap i thought i was giving people tasks i thought i was giving them things that they were going to give a shit about but they telling somebody hey i just want you to let you know that you need to make sure that at the end of every day at four o'clock that you sweep the showroom no one gives a fuck about that like why do they care about like mm-hmm. make sure you do it make sure you do that you know me thinking i'm delegating off tasks we're not was not really delegating tasks i was still holding on and still doing everything myself um i've actually recently went through this over the last i think a month and a half we promoted store managers to all three locations and i almost literally don't do anything but check in with them I let them make the decisions on whether or not they even wanted to be open mm-hmm. over the last three days with all the snow, but really letting people take the reins and giving them responsibility and letting them fail, but not lose everything. Yeah. You know, like that's, it's okay. I think for, for me, understanding the value in that is letting, letting people go through that shit um, versus just thinking I'm delegating these little tasks that really aren't anything is, is the biggest mistake that mistake that I made for sure from the get go. I think people appreciate having the opportunity to fail um, more than somebody sitting there and hovering over you. Yeah, it's like I that's the last thing that I would ever want to do is micromanage somebody. And we have trained kids to take on big roles in production and what we're doing, and. I caught myself kind of having that role of micromanaging. And then I hit this point. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like, you know what you're doing. Like, 
do it. If you mess up, you mess up. We'll go grab another t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, go ahead and make a mistake. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I think also, dude, and I mean, the biggest thing with me was financials. Like I wanted, I felt like I wanted to be financially in a better position to allow those mistakes to happen. And I've never been like ever. Like I, I've been in the shitter for fucking years. You know what I mean? Like in that moment of not knowing what the fuck you're going to do the next day moment for literally years. So mm-hmm. when you're in that, it leaves zero room for error. There's that error could make or break the business. Mm-hmm. But I think that now I'm at this point where like I, I hate to say it. I don't know, but I just don't give a fuck if it fails anymore. Like I don't care. Re- truthfully, I care about the business, but I'm like, I care way more about my fucking life, my kid's life, my wife, and just my future than this. Mm-hmm. Like I was put prioritizing devs over everything. We have everything. that has literally been the topic of our conversation. I think that's where the whole where this whole conversation rooted from. What was the question that you asked us? Just what are you working on? What are we working on? Yeah. And that's it. You're, you're working on trying to find more time for family and for yep. yourself. Yeah. No, yeah. I totally respect it. It's so, it's so hard to gauge that, bro. It's, you get just, you just get lost though. Like you don't even realize it. Yeah. You don't realize you just went, you know, the last two, three months, you know, when it's goat season or even when it's not, you're like, fuck dude, there's, I didn't take a day off and you know, how many days. And when I did take the day off, what was I actually doing? Right. I was fucking still working. Yeah. You know, you're not actually taking the day off. And I, uh, I did that a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and I, I've, I've been, prior, I've been trying to prioritize my time, how I want it and to see what the results will yield of that, you know, and they have yielded a lot. Like I'm in a much better mood, much happier. I can tell, you know, like I'm much like more. Thank you. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> I, just, I but like you don't realize what results you can get or what the difference is when you are happy. Mm-hmm. You know, versus like when you're in that hole, you don't even see it. You just think I'm just grinding to survive. I'm in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you can't fucking see anything outside the storm. Yeah, you're you getting, got blinders on, bro. You're getting triggered by everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good way to run business either. Have you have you been there? within the last few years <clears throat> oh, that survival sure. mode for sure i think we've talked about it a handful of times but yeah like but really though like i'm and i'm i don't mean like yeah bro i like when was the last time you you looked at yourself in the mirror or you were sitting in your bed and you were going like i literally don't know what i'm gonna do tomorrow like when was the last time that happened Re- recently like a month ago, a week ago, like last week. <laughs> yeah, like last week. You know, it's just like dead as a doorknob, and you're like, "Do you guys communicate about this stuff?" Oh yeah, there's we it, constantly are talking about it. Do you ever? Go ahead. We we do talk about it like often, but it also like sparks these crazy ideas. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, and then we we get resourceful, and we start figuring things out. So that's why I like failure. That's why I like failing is mm-hmm. because it gets you thinking outside your normal bubble doing your normal daily routine and like reaching reaching for some new avenues and it that's how business redirects you know it's like it happened to apple microsoft all of it yeah we're in our steve jobs phase (laughs) (laughs) 
don't we are been right in it. yeah i've been in the steve jobs phase for a minute no i i dude i think um this conversation i love this conversation for one and i i love talking about uh the dirt you know being in the dirt um because i feel like i'm always in it but finding comfort in those moments is always what uh what i find myself trying to direct myself towards you know um how do you guys talk each other do you do you guys ever shed doubt um you know on things and you have one person that talks like have, have you ever both been like looking down or is there always one person that's helping the other person we always have somebody looking up like we both can be like shit this sucks dude it's like okay looking at her like are you gonna say something and then you're like okay it's my turn all right so i got a game plan we're gonna do xyz mm -hmm. what are your thoughts yeah okay i like we i like where you're going how can, maybe we should do this and that's literally how our conversations will go it's like we're we're sitting here on a blank canvas trying to paint the direction of where we're gonna go and it always like it always works out and when you know that day comes and you're like shit like we didn't get like or we still have all these open invoices you're like okay well let's do these things and let's branch out away from this and when that comes like we'll be sitting fine or whatever yeah do is that making sense yeah it does okay it, what you're saying is basically like you you jump you redirect to another avenue in an effort to kind of put this one on hold and that when that one is ready it'll come back you Diversify. know financially yeah financially diversifying i feel like uh yeah that's i don't know that i have as much willpower as much want to do any as much diversification as i did at one point i feel myself going like man austin like would have probably been running like some type of giveaway or something <laughs> like that yeah. you know every other weekend uh, and now i don't really have the energy for that no I, d I don't know that it's worth my time much anymore i'm like yo if you guys want to organize something like that, go cool, go ahead, do it, you know, but the amount of time and energy it takes to do those types of giveaways, what's the return on that? And that's what I'm more focusing my time on now is, or my energy on now is things that are going to get me a larger ROI, you know? And I also, I don't want to lose sight of it though. That's, I feel like it's hard to lose sight of the importance of those times, you know, mm -hmm. those, those times when you're like that shit that you don't want to do, that you're looking at now you're like is that a fucking waste of my time or was that actually worth it to some extent like we're because those things like social media is what we're specifically talking about social media uh let's just call them uh uh giveaways or raffle offs or whatever in a business it's something that you can do to generate extra revenue and i used to do that a lot and mostly that was because i was like well, fuck how do we like increase some flow here like let's give away a tv and the increase in, you know, sales throughout the day or the weekend will pay for the TV and should increase profits realistically. But I don't know that it ever did. <laughs> That's how I feel about gambling. I hate gambling, dude, because I feel like I'm always losing. And then the time that you actually like go and make a buck or something, you're just like, cool. Well, that just wiped out what I might've made on the $10 scratch ticket I bought. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's input to output and you do need to diversify in where you select or what direction you go for those avenues. Um, you know, one thing that I did recently was someone reached out for a logo 
And right now we're not, we don't have like a designated graphic design person. So it would cost me and this person didn't want to, they weren't in the position to be able to do the like logo packages that we offer. And so I just like found this opportunity where, um, this, this like person, like I saw a lot of potential in what they were doing and I was like, you know what, like this is actually something that I want to be doing. And I see there being potential. So why don't I just like bust out my pen and paper, my, you know, and, um, or my iPad and like Mm -hmm. start like doodling up some concepts. Sure. And, uh, we ended up doing that and like put a live store up and it kicked ass. Like it did super good. And it got me all juiced up because I'm like, we were just talking about some ideas like the beginning of this year. I'm like, I, I do want to get back into doing more design work. Like I, I love tapping into like that creative realm. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of this little light bulb moment where it's like, dude, you can totally do it. I think so. I think we surprise ourselves also of how much you like act like, like when you, you started the company when you were how old? 17. Okay. So you started the company when you were in 17, when you were 17 and you used to do all your design work, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. All that. So somewhere along the realm, that got separated into doing what needed to be done to increase, you know, the business. So the doing the things that originally we loved to do, making coffee, making bagels, creating stupid content, all that gets lost. And then you end up becoming this businessman, mm-hmm. this guy that's like, Hey, well, I guess I'm going to do whatever the frick needs to be done because we got 10 accounts that need these shirts by this day. There's no time for design work anymore. It's no time for the fun stuff that we used to love. But I also think there's a pressure now, though. There's a pressure that that takes away, you know, the creativity that you used to have, and it almost takes those those original in the dirt moments to bring out that creativity, like you were talking about earlier. And you kind of said it earlier. It's like you know, you you're just at this point where you don't give a shit, and it's not that you don't give a shit because this is your livelihood. It's more so. It's like I'm okay with taking this risk to make my life happy because in the long run it's what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I I just feel like it's there. That's what, I don't know. That's where all the good output's going to come from. Well, I've never had a, uh, I never had, I've never had a moment where this, I think probably three or four months ago, I had a moment where I looked, uh, I was low, very, very low. I was going through some really rough shit. Uh, I was drinking a lot. I was like not happy with myself. I wasn't happy with my work, any of this shit. And I just remember looking at Devin. This was before I quit drinking. And, uh, oh, fuck, dude. We were in the shower. And uh, I, I like looked at her and I was like, I like, I've never said this to her. I've always, I'm always the guy who is like, I will make it through it. We'll be fine. We'll do this. And I would lie to her and pretend like everything was going to be fine, even though in my own heart, I didn't fucking know what the hell was going to happen. Right. And uh, that's a protective thing that I, I've learned that like, I can't I can't do that anymore. You know, I got to just be honest with her about how I'm feeling about it, too. But we were in the shower. Yes, we were showering together naked and i was crying it's probably the most like that's intimate <laughs> it's a fucking like intimate moment that you <laughs> it was embarrassing too but 
um, you know, she was just like, is this, what do you want to do? I was like, you know what I really want to do? Uh, I want to sell everything that we own, including the business. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm done. I'm over it. I hate it. Like it's, it, I feel like this is a never ending cycle and I can go, we could sell the business for a mill, pay off our house, go buy another house and whatever, rent out the one we have now. And I had all this planned out in my head. She was like, what do you want to do? Cause then I, anyway, I'm crying and I'm like, just fucking sell everything. Let's do this. Let's go buy this. Like, like, why am I, why are we killing ourselves for this? You know? And it took that, uh, I don't know. I, I knew that she didn't want to do that, you know, and it was hard for her to understand the fact that I was not, I didn't want to do it anymore. I wasn't in it. Like I was just, I'm sorry, I keep burping. It's fucking whatever, but, um, Waterloo. Yeah, she looked at me and she was like, let's just, you know, like, let's just give it six months. Let's just see what happens. See what we can do. Because, and I, and I agreed to that, you know, as as the partner, like, I want to do all these things. And then I went off full kilter and, uh, yeah, drank all my sorrows away and pretended like everything else didn't exist in life. And now we are here probably six months from that moment. And... I'm in a much better place and I'm glad that we made the decision not to throw in the towel and quit everything, you know, but, um, where am I going with this? Those, those moments of, of, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, uh, wanting to quit, wanting to give up and all that shit really remind you of the important things in life. And I don't know that I have it all figured out, but I feel like I'm on a really good track um, I definitely don't want to quit, but the, I think I just cared a little bit too much before, you know, so Stop scaling, scaling that back and like really trying to wrangle in what was important to me, even though I wanted to portray that everything else was important to me, you know, but really, really actually being true to myself about, uh, what I gave a shit about was actually probably what helped and saved me the most, I think. If you were to look back at like a little album in your phone or whatever that, you know, maybe there was like a photo or a moment that like sparked this joy with devs. What, 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 at what moment or moments were you having the most fun? Mm. Shit, dude. I don't know. I, I mean, I have. Why you always got to make me want to cry, bro? Every fucking time we talk <laughs> well, about this. I, and I'm sorry. I just, no, like, it's fine. I just, I just don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't answer that question because I really, I don't remember the last time that I had fun. What about in like the Sasquatch costume? Maybe. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know what? What just happened right there is the only thing that blocked out all of those fun moments was all of the shitty ones. In my brain, every you asked me that question, the only thing that went through my head was like, I was diving. I'm like, and I'm I'm still diving right now. You said one, you know, <laughs> being in a Sasquatch suit, flipping a sign on the side of the road was was a great time. Um, that was really fun. I I would say, uh, yeah, moments with the Sasquatch suit are probably one of my favorites. But uh, shoot, probably like OG days, bro, when like it was just my wife and I. Hell yeah. Honestly, like there's times where I've enjoyed it and I've had fun, but 
I'm just like waking up just to like out for the longest time. I was just waking up just to do it, you know, just to survive. So it wasn't like it's, this wasn't my dream anyway, like to be a fucking barista or a business owner. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> it was, it wasn't my thing. My, 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 and it's became my thing for sure. I care. But, uh, initially like we did this just to survive. Like we, we, when I, when, when my wife lost, like we had birth problems or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever with all that thing. If you've heard that story, I'm not going down that road again a hundred times, but, um, yeah, I don't know, bro. Why is it so hard for me to look back on these moments? Is there like a specific, like maybe like person or I don't know. It's like, dude, whenever we would drive, like going to devs was like the highlight of our, it is the highlight of our morning. Mm. You know, it's like yeah. we wake up, it's like, you know, we knew we were going to go see you. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, maybe there's like that, you got to have that interaction with people. And I think maybe that is like a collective moment, but I don't, I don't want to yeah, speak for no, you. No, no, you're not at all. I, I don't think that. I, I guess I'm just thinking like, bro, I was just like, none of those moments really that I look back on, um, were ones that I would want to relive again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any regrets. Um, you know, but there's just so many decisions in my past I've made that I'm like, fuck, I'm so glad that part of my life is over. Um, I would say like early, early days, bro, early days, like when it was just me, Dev and Savannah, even, uh, you know, we had some people in between there, but like, that was cool. Cause you know, there's just, there was, it's like when you're a kid and there was not, you didn't have to worry about anything, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't have to worry about money. I didn't have to worry about you know, paying 30 people. There was so much less pressure. That's what it is. It's pressure. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. There hasn't been a moment where I haven't felt like I've had the world on my shoulders since those early days, you know, because as soon as things expanded, we got super busy. I was like, Oh fuck. Like we got kids, we got all these things now. And it's like, it's not fun anymore. It's like, I have to go do it's it. It's real. You know? <laughs> so, but I will say this. I will say this. I don't. I don't want to sound depressing. I don't want to sound like I don't enjoy and haven't uh, been thankful for the journey because it's made me who I am today. But I am happy and content now with who I am, who I'm becoming, what Devs is, what Devs is becoming. I'm happy that you know we're empowering the people that we have in these places now to go into that realm. You know, like I'm. I'm. I think that now I feel the happiest that I've, I have felt in years. And that is just because I, I'm being true to myself of what I want to do and who I want to be. You know what I mean? That's success Amen. right there, dude. <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I, it. I, I think so. I mean, I don't, I, I just, I, I, I feel like so many people, like when you asked that question would have been like, oh, dude, I love doing, you know, the morning visits are cool. Was that the highlight of my day? No, the highlight of my day was probably my kids, man. And like, but like at devs being at devs, yeah. the grind sucked ass, but we are here um, and out of that. And I am happy that I did all of those things, but I don't know that I enjoyed them as much as less early on days and just being honest no that's no that's honestly that's that was perfect and so i'm just curious with ty like what are some of your highlight moments like with the shop days and 
Do you have any like memories that really stick out to you? I got a good memory. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, to start, I do, I can understand what you're saying because like this wasn't your dream and screen printing wasn't my dream. And so coming into it and then becoming, you got to learn to love it. it, Right. Yeah. And like the first few years were hard for me because I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is like, this is really hard. This is really hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but then uh, one of, I think one of my favorite memories is when Dallas and I first met, I had no idea what screen printing was, never even had a thought about how a t-shirt was printed. And so he had just um, got the shop we were in now and he had the manual. And so he's like, hey, like I got to print some shirts, you should come in. Um, and then afterwards we can go have some fun. So it's middle of the summer, it's hot, there's no AC. So he's over there screen printing t-shirts with his shirt off. And I was like, throw okay. me under the bus. <laughs> I was like, so this is screen printing. All okay, right. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I think just like throughout then, you know, I loved the days like when it was just us, but it was also really cool, um, having like new people come and cause it was, I don't know, you know, it's like fun, just us. But then when you have like good people coming into work, mm-hmm. um, it was like good having those relationships and especially experiencing new things. And there's definitely like it's highs and lows with that too. But yeah, I just say, um, some of like the orders that we've gotten with customers, like having those moments where you're like, Holy shit, like we're doing this, you know, like doing your guys's logos and everything. It's just like, those are so cool because you guys gave like your full trust and like no questions asked. You're like, you do your thing. We're like, cool. Like creative freedom. Like this is (laughs) awesome. That is a core memory for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How do you gauge, um, what people's opinions matter within your life? They have my best interests at heart. Like, is this a projection? Like, how's the delivery? How, yeah, are they, like, portraying it? Okay. Because um, if it's someone who, like, I care about and I can see that, like, they're coming from a solid place, then I would care. But if it's someone who, I don't know, who doesn't like really understand the situation, I'm probably not going to care, but I can like try to see where they're coming from to maybe like, maybe there is something there, but maybe there's not something. How there. do you, how do you not internalize somebody else's opinion though, that you per se sh- shouldn't value? I feel like I've done a lot of work growing up, especially as like uh, younger in high school like I internalized a lot of that and I cared a lot about what people uh, thought of me um, and so now I think you know you still I will still struggle with it at time to time but I don't think as much anymore like I don't know at the end of the day I I just like don't care it's just like is it worth caring about like is this something like like I always want to change I always want to grow and it's like is this something that's going to help me grow or is this something trying to put me down yeah and so if it's trying to put me down I'm gonna be like okay well like that sucks that hurts. What was like, your mindset like when you were younger though? Oh my gosh. Not good. <laughs> Just different? Yeah, it was a lot different. I, uh, yeah, like I said, cared a lot about what people thought. I could see like now getting older, like I was really depressed. Um, always trying to, felt like I was kind of like a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like I was always trying to please everyone who I was around. And if someone was mad at me, I would do everything I could to try to fix it, try to fit in, right. try to do these things. And then it got exhausting. And then, you know, thankfully by the grace of God, just something switched. And I started to get out of that and recognize those patterns. And I was just like, man, that's just like an unhappy place to live in. 
have you been able to correlate anything to that switch like any time yeah. is it a person a place like moving I, um, I think a lot of things i started to travel i dropped out of college i was super unhappy and so my dad had moved overseas he retired so i went with him started traveling and just kind of got out of that bubble and my mindset started to shift a little bit yeah but then i started to meet a lot of people and just like their influence that they had on me and my perspective like it really just like completely reshifted a lot of who i was and what i believed um and especially not to get like too deep into it but it's like what our bubble in america is just so different than what's out there and so there's like a lot of influence i think yeah, like you with kinda, women kind of um, feel small you feel like you're in a box yeah absolutely for sure i have never been out of the country highly recommend do you plan on changing that yeah i'd love to yeah i don't remember why i didn't for the longest time when i was younger but I definitely, yeah, I definitely am ready to get the fuck out of here at some point. Where would you want to go? Dude, I don't even, I don't care. Like anywhere? Like where the fuck should I go? <laughs> you know? She'd probably be a good one to talk to. I, uh, Devin did a ton of traveling um, when she was younger. But I've, yeah, I've always been just wake up, go to work and yeah, yeah do the thing. But where's your favorite place to go? I like Southeast Asia. I think South, I just, that's such a that was not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Southeast <Mexico>. Asia. <laughs> no. Southeast Asia. Yep. Are your parents still a big pretty big part of your life now? Yeah. I mean, ish. I mean they're You said your a, dad, so did your parents divorce when you were you were younger? They were never married. No. No. <laughs> my dad was a uh, my dad did ski patrol and my mom was a lifty, and so they were seasonal workers. Ah. Yeah. Nice. And then I happened. So. <laughs> and I happened <laughs> out of love. <laughs> so, where does your mom live? She lives in New Jersey. New Jersey. Your, your mom lives in New Jersey. Where's your dad live? Uh, Thailand. Thailand. How old is your dad? Fifty-four. How, when did he retire? When he was forty-eight. Props, yeah. dude. Yeah, dude, he's a smart man. He got the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. So he lives in Thailand, and what is what does he do out there? rides his motorcycle yeah he goes and he'll travel like around to different countries and everything but yeah he has a motorcycle and so he'll literally just like go from country to country um it wasn't supposed to be a long-term thing he just wanted to go over there and just see what he could live off with his pension um and then covid kind of happened too and then he just like lives there he's yeah got his like essentially his citizenship there Okay. And so that's like his base to travel. Does that position that he chose influence you in any way to make you want to like do the same thing and like peace out? Absolutely. And go live somewhere else and like just like say, hey, like let's just like, like, because that that was kind of that moment I had in the shower that I was talking about earlier, which is Mm -hmm. like this wonderlust. What do you, what I like, if I just stood stop, like, let's grab the kids, let's just go, let's move to freaking Australia or the Netherlands or Southeast Asia or wherever, you know, like, that sounds so nice, but does that, well, one, and that, that specifically, so it, do, it does influence that. Mm-hmm. You're like, that sounds really nice. Yeah. So, okay, what about you? What about me? Yeah. Does that, uh, does that sound nice to you? Or does that, are you like... <laughs> Going out and traveling? <laughs> no, like saying... Uh, oh, just peacing out. Yeah, just peacing out. You ever think about that? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've we talked about it. 
because uh, you're you're those of you that don't know Dallas, he's a very very Dallas. You're you're somebody I would consider uh, not not religious, but you're spiritual in a way that you're very connected with. We'll just call it energy and emotions, and you're a very I think empathetic and understanding human being. You're gonna make me cry. No, don't cry. You're just a <laughs> dude. You just yeah. like something about the way that you approach. Uh, friendships, interaction, the world around you. You're you're very good at, I, I think, uh, uh, displaying that that energy. You know what I'm talking about. She's got it too. Yeah, <laughs> I think no, I think you both have it. Yeah. I wasn't taking that anything no. away from you no. either. No. You're both very similar for that she reason. Really is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Uh, so th- that's why I, that intrigued me with you because I feel like that's got to be something where you're like, yo, this that sounds amazing. Oh, absolutely. And we do talk about it often. Like that's one thing that, I mean, we've actually been, we don't, it's not like we travel a lot, but we do get out and we, we, yeah, we do get to get out. Um, we would like to travel more. I think that's something that's on our, on the horizon. Definitely before we have kids, mm-hmm. uh, is just being able to go out and maybe be on a three month sabbatical with each other. Yeah. And, before we dive into having a family, how would you how would you guys even do that? <clears throat> just stop working. Well, I think it's kind of just going back to what we were just talking about. You delegating. Know, just the, the okay, one of the bet yeah, delegating. But one piece of advice that one of my good buddies gave me was the the best way to get out of a business is to just leave, and you'll figure it out. Like it'll do its thing. It'll it'll happen. And sure. even if you're over across the world you could sit there and market Mm -hmm. you know you've got this machine this thing that's functioning you're gonna have hiccups you know that you're gonna have hiccups if you're here you know that Mm -hmm. so what just step out and just go and do it like you might even meet somebody along your travels that could potentially be uh the next 2.0 in devs or the next 2.0 in opaque like Every time that I get outside my bubble and travel or go do something like that I normally wouldn't, those are the times where like I actually have this crazy shift in business. Um, it's like I got the opportunity to go to Portugal and Spain and Germany for screen printing. Yeah. Like that's the for all out of all things, it's like I went to this big show called ITMA in Spain. And then they, like, I got to see things that I never even knew existed for like large, it's the large, the largest, um, print expo. So they have like things printing on denim, like lasers, like doing just like crazy stuff. See all these curtains being printed and, you know, it just like makes you realize like the potential of what you could be doing. Mm -hmm. And then also just meeting people along the way that are like inspirational you know it's like they're at this place doing this thing and they're in the same territory of business that i am and i you know they're not far away from my age it's like i found that inspirational so it's like coming back and just hitting the head to the pavement and being like i'm gonna work my ass off for this Mm because i know they did and and i know it's possible you know i might not be as smart i might have to work a little bit harder for sure but you know i would never have been able to experience that without going out of the states yeah 
Can I add something to that too? Of course. Okay. So another thing with what he's saying is like that experience of him going over there, he had met Trevor, who is now our production manager. And so without that happening too. Like it, here? Yeah. Right, right now, who we just brought on. And that you met him there? In Portugal. Yeah. But he lives here. He lives, in, he, li- he lived in Seattle. Tacoma area. In Tacoma. And then um, we were on that trip together five years so ago. So he moved down here? He moved down here, yeah. To where for you? Yeah. That's and so cool, dude. Right? You know, wow. it is really cool. Um, and yeah, he's he's a godsend. Like this guy is like an awesome screen printer, an mm-hmm. awesome human being, but he also just like fits in our team so well. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's very important. You don't realize how important that is. But just, that would have never happened if like, you know, we didn't, go, or if I didn't go to Portugal. Yeah. That was five years ago. And now he just came on with us in like October. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. So, wow. Um, so how have your parents influenced your your growth, Dallas, and with you, with where you're at? Oh man. Um, so I'll give a little bit of background. Um, there was a point in my like childhood where my mom was like a single mom. And she was dating my stepdad and they were kind of off and on for a little bit. Um, my dad was absent. He went to prison when I was uh, two. And so my stepdad was kind of like in and out of my life for a, a moment. And then my parents kind of got their shit together. My mom and my stepdad, mm-hmm. they got their shit together and kind of figured it out. Um, but it was a little rough, man. It's like we weren't, we didn't, we weren't wealthy, um, you know, my parents did a lot, so I'm not going to disregard like anything. You know, my parents worked their ass off. My mom was a waitress or she is a waitress. Um, and she's been since she was like 16 years old. And so I think from that, like I saw this really dedicated work ethic from her where it's just like, no matter, no matter what you show up and you do the thing. Yeah. Um, and then my stepdad, you know, same thing. It's like, he was, he's a, a plumber, but he d- deals with like city wells and stuff like that. So I got to see just kind of like being, having those like miserable jobs that you don't want to be doing and getting it done to provide. Mm-hmm. And so I think out of all of that, and you know what, my, my stepdad loves what he does. I think I say that because I'd like see him just like drenched head to toe and you'd come home after work and you know just be like kind of like soaked and pissed <laughs> off and like wanting it's to like, like the tired days for me bro i remember that yeah those days are fun and so you know but they they get up and they they go to work um but i think as a child like they always talked about wanting to start a business or like wanting to do these things and there wasn't a lot of like uh action backing it and it drove me nuts like I just saw so much potential in their characters and I still do. I think that they could do anything under the sun if they really wanted to put their mind to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just like didn't act on it. And I just felt irritated a lot as a kid knowing that they had that potential. Um, So I kind of use that to fuel my thing where I was like, I got, I got, I'm cut for this from the same cloth. Like I got my mom's work ethic. Like I'm going to show up to the, and, and right. get the job done. Right. Um, so 
the, you know, I, I, I kind of hit this point. I, I got fired from my excavating job. <laughs> um, I can go into detail, but I'm not going to. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so I got fired from my excavating job and uh, just kind of hit this moment where I was like, dude, I like, I don't even know what I want to do with my life. You know, I was 20, I was 21. I still screen printed. Like I would print t-shirts just as like a little side thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the moment where it was like, I had to pay rent. I had bills to pay. Um, and I just didn't want to go try to find another job. It just didn't sound enticing to me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that rooted from just like my upbringing and like seeing my parents through that cycle. It just like, it's like, if it's going to happen, like it's now, like it has to happen right now. Yeah. And so instead of going and getting like one job, I started like handing out t-shirts and samples and all this stuff to, um, get plant like m- multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, am I trailing here? No. Okay. Keep going. So, you know, it was one job is like, Oh cool. Like I can pay my car bill or whatever and it's like oh i can pay my my phone and and then it's like cool like i just got another order i can pay for my rent Mm -hmm. and then it was just like this cycle where i was like okay one month was fine two months was fine three months it's like okay now we're like i don't know like 10 years in now (laughs) (laughs) isn't it weird it's so weird man i uh yeah i i feel like you just blink and and it and it happens dude Mm -hmm. like you almost like i almost like don't remember like, like maybe that's half of why I couldn't remember the good things. Cause I've just like, don't rem- like, I'm so focused on the future and the growth and totally. like all of these things that you just block out everything else. Like it's actually crazy to try and think about if you can rec- recollect or retain much of anything from it's a blur. that growth. It is. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your dad because I want to talk about the fact that you have, I had a stepdad too growing up. Um, and it was always like I was I felt like it was always a happy go lucky. Like my stepdad was hard on me as a kid, but like he's probably the most uh uh just somebody I look up to the most in my life now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and how he carries himself and a lot of the values that I think I carry I, I, I got from him. Um but currently I don't have much of a relationship with my dad at all or my mom. Mm-hmm. Um do you have a relationship currently with both your parents? No, I don't. And that's like, yeah, that's kind of been an interest, like not an interesting, but it's just been like an ongoing thing. Um, it all like really started. Well, my dad went to prison when I was two, but um, like fast forward, you know, he was kind of like the Disneyland dad where he would just like pop in like every maybe year, once a year or something. And like go take you to do something like extremely cool, but be a complete dick and like make you want to go home. Hmm. So I'd be like traveling to San Diego, like heck yeah, like I'm gonna go like skateboard in the sunshine and like do all this like cool stuff. Dad's like dangling the Disneyland card over my head. I'm like, yeah, I've never been to Disneyland. Like we just recently traveled with my mom and stepdad last year for to um, Disneyland. No, to oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. But no, it's like growing up, we never traveled. And so like... It was like first airplane ride. For my sister's 21st birthday. Mm. 
we went to Las Vegas and that was the first time we ever, um, got to travel together. Wow. Um, so as a kid, like being able to hop on an airplane and like go to this sunny place, it was cool. But then you get there and it's like reality hits you. And, and the guy was not a nice dude. You know, I'm like when it stocked the fridge with food. And so I'm like eight years old over there trying to like go wash these motorcycles. There was a Harley shop next door and they, I went over there cause my dad had a freaking freezer, not freezer. He had like an eight pack of sausage hot dogs. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm on day three of hot dogs. Like I can't do this anymore. And I was like out of money that my mom gave me. And so I was just kind of at this point where I'm like, these guys next door seem really cool. Like maybe they'll like, like let me wash the motorcycles. Hmm. And so I, for uh, some money. yeah. And so I like washed the motorcycles and, uh, I ended up going to the, like, there was a burrito truck right there I had my eye on the burrito truck. And so ended up getting like, I don't know, they, I think they gave me like 25 bucks for washing a bunch of motorcycles and ended up going buy some burritos. I go upstairs and my dad's like, where, where, where'd you get that? And I'm like, well, dude, I just washed motorcycles. What are you doing? And he's like, well, let me have some of your burrito. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, that's mine. <laughs> For real? Yeah, dude. So in the, like a nutshell, that was kind of like how he was. He was just like, yes, wasn't. He, he didn't really think about anybody but himself. Mm. And so, you know, growing up later on, like I, I really understood that at a, like a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just like it got more and more difficult with him because it was like, he wanted to be a part of my life. And I, of course, like, that's my dad. Like I wanted to give him that moment. Sure. But every time that I like let that in is when like all shit would hit the fan. And I'm talking like, I would get novels of just like crazy nasty text messages of just like how shitty of a person I am. And it was like, bro, out of left field, like it was very transactional. Like it was so one-sided for him. Hmm. And talk about like doing some reflecting like right. when you have somebody that's your parent like trying to send you all this stuff and i'm i know i'm not the only one out there that's had this happen to them sure but it it really made me do a lot of self-reflecting like am i these things like am i this shitty person and so that's pro- that might be why i do that sort of type of reflecting mm. but um so yeah, I would kind of hit hit those moments, and I would just be like, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't feed into it though. I would just be like, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna remove myself from, and I would tell him that like exactly like yeah man like I'm gonna remove myself from this situation. Like I forgive you for the type of person that you are, or maybe the lack of like relationship that we may have had or have didn't get to have. Mm-hmm. I was like. I, I fully forgive you for that, but I'm, I have to dismiss myself because I'm like, I, I don't want that in my life right now. Um, I feel like so many entrepreneurs, um, and just successful people have such crappy childhood relationships and upbringings. Like I'm speaking as somebody who has spoken with a lot of them. A lot of them have very similar stories. Very I doubt it. Yeah, it's actually oddly weird. We talk about this. Carter and I talk about this, and he brought this up to me the other like a few months ago. But I never really correlated to the fact of like it's. And I wonder why. I don't know 
why I'm sure that I have to actually figure out the true studies and statistics on this of how many people were, you know, successful entrepreneurs had, you know, crappy childhoods or, you know, people going in and out of their life, you know, um, even my wife, I mean, she has a stepdad, but her dad left. It's like, she didn't even know her dad. Yeah. No idea who this guy, I mean, she knows who he is. He lives, whatever, but it's like, there's always that weird correlation of struggle that you had. And it's almost like the world is preparing you or the universe is preparing you for the strength to, to make it through those, those crazy difficult parts in your life. Totally. You, know, you going over and when you're eight and washing some freaking motorcycles, bro. So you can eat something other than a freaking sausage. That's preparation. That's the universe going like, this sucks for you right now, bro. But I'm telling you someday this is going to pay off. And it clearly did. You know what I mean? It clearly set the tone for you and who you were going to become, which is cool to think about. It is. You ever thought about it it that way? Totally. Yeah. And I also think like you strip back the layers and like, look at all the like the trauma that you went through because mm-hmm. this is just kind of like brief stuff there's definitely like more back-end story oh, I'm to sure. all of this but um you know as a kid dude like i was super fucking depressed like yeah. it in even into like my later teenage years you know i went through like just account like multiple accounts of abuse whether it be mental f- physical and all that type of shit mm-hmm. and like i put my blinders up like i got numb you know, like in coming into like my adult years, it's just, it's like, why don't I have like a feeling? Why don't I not feel these things when something's happening? And so it's like, you do like this last, these last like two years have been like so much like digging mentally and just like stripping back those layers and just realizing that these types of situations that I went through is probably like why I re what, this is what, this is why I have these types of triggers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree, dude. And I, I think about, we we overly uh, self-reflect. Are you purposely not contacting them? So if you were going to forgive somebody, do you have to associate yourself with them still? Or can you oh, give fuck them? No. No. You can, perfect. Okay. Ty, what do you think? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she no. And I no, because this. I think like you don't, if you forgive, like you can you can forgive somebody and still you know, understand what type of person they are for the, you know, totally. the mistake that they had made and maybe realize that you don't want to associate yourself with that person anymore. That's, that's fine that you don't have to like somebody. Yep. You know? So I think that's a real question. I mean, I get where you're going with that, but okay. So explain context behind that. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's where I was going with it is basically like I hit this point in my relationship with my dad where mm-hmm. I, I fully like to my core forgive him. Like I, went through this like thought process of realizing like how he, how he was brought up and the things that he had to experience as a kid. Yep. And that shit broke my heart, dude. It's like, I knew he was not dealt the best cards. And so there's a lot of like trauma that he didn't get to work through. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it like kind of trickled down. Yeah. And, but like, being able to fully understand like why he is the way he is. I'm not saying that he like, it's right. 
you know, I think he's a grown man and he should go do the work that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, that inner child in him like was broken, is broken. And that's why he is the way he is. Sure. And it's just generational trauma. And so like with me, it's like, you know, I, I, I fully forgive him, but I don't want to associate myself with the type of person he is. Mm -hmm. And really coming to that conclusion was we, uh, we tried taking like this more friendship approach. It's like, dude, I'm a grown man. Like I don't, I don't need like, don't need a daddy. Don't need a dad right now. And, um, so we just like kind of approached it more as friends. And I just saw like a lot of like true character things come out and things that just like, I just didn't, like I wouldn't associate myself with a, like a friend that did those types of things. And so that was like my concluding factor. It's like, I fully forgive him for all the shit that he did to me as a kid. Um, and even as an adult, but like at the end of the day, we, we can't change that. And even like, I just wouldn't want to hang out with him. Sure. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I, I get it. I have, uh, I've done similar things with people in my, in my life as well, but I haven't had those conversations with them. Maybe that you did. Yeah. Which is something I'm battling with on whether or not I should have the conversations with people and just tell them like, um, I forgive you. And I'm hoping that, you know, like hope you have great, whatever, but yeah, I don't necessarily care to have much of a relationship with you at this point. For sure. So it'd be a real good time for a mad respect, <laughs> hazy IPA from backwoods <laughs> brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll take this moment to thank Backwoods for sponsoring the podcast. As always, uh, they have some super sick merch at all of their locations. They have three locations and one in Hillsborough, one in the Pearl District in Portland and one in Carson, uh, the brew pub, which is beautiful. If you guys ever need somewhere to go in the summer, uh, or in the winter, that, that has got to be the spot. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous right out there in the gorge. Um, their new Hillsborough location has a freaking rooftop bar and, they have smash burgers. You guys ever tried a smash burger? Yeah, I've actually been to their uh, Carson location. Dude. Yeah. Delish. Their okay. food is awesome. Um, so thank you, Backwoods, for sponsoring the podcast. We appreciate you. Why do you think that so many people are content with working a nine to five? Fear. Comfortability. Yeah? Yeah. That's a simple one, I feel like. But my main, my real question is, like, initially, like, do you think if they knew what was on the other side, they would do it? Or do you think it's just like the normal thing? I just don't think that people want to put in that extra work that it takes to cultivate that next chapter of life. Um, I think that a lot of people find comfortability in doing what they're doing, knowing that they might be secured in their job that they might be doing. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of entrepreneurial spirits are developed through pressure and maybe being fired or laid off, um, maybe a recession. A lot of times, you know, it's like they think about it a lot, Mm -hmm. but it takes that life changing moment to give them that extra push. Right. And some of us have had it earlier on in life and maybe some of us haven't, haven't had, haven't quite had that push yet. Sure. 
Sure. Do you think that people need to like lose? Like, I feel like a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or just we'll call it like businesses, like small businesses, like creating a small business or going on down that path comes from basically losing everything or like having a moment of where the fuck do I go from here? Like, but eh, maybe not, maybe not actually, because most people, some people just be like, oh, let's go get another job. Have you ever seen the, the, like the businesses that fail and Hmm. they don't go get a job? Like most of the time they don't get a job. Oh, okay. They, when their business fails, I gotcha. I gotcha. They go and start another business. Well, what would you do? Oh, I totally start another business. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't think I would ever go back to working for someone else. No, I no. agree. You yeah. wouldn't either. No, no. I, I, I as much. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your boss. You're mine. <laughs> Good play, bro. Good play. <laughs> um, but I just like, I find so much joy in being able to put so much energy and love into something. And when I, when, when you have a job, it's like, you don't, you're not technically doing that mm-hmm. for your, you know, you're, you might be, but on the flip side, you might have more energy to put into other things like family and et cetera. Sure. sure. So as an entrepreneur, do you feel like you, okay. So you know how, what's something you hated about working for a corporation or just like a nine to five? What did you hate most about that? Trying to please everybody else. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I'd rather pour that love and energy into like my customers and like the people that are supporting us. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to like a corporation or something, it's like, you could be pouring all that extra time and, or that like overtime and, and not even get like a thank you back. It's like more so expected where when you do it for a customer, it's like you can have that moment with them and just like, get to share the appreciation for their support. What is something that you hated about working a nine to five? I would say just the environment. There is a lot of work environments that I just felt um, were not positive. And then I had a work environment that was really positive. And in those positive work environments, I worked a lot harder. We had a lot more fun. Everyone was successful. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, having small business, you can create that environment um, and have that be a good space. Hmm. Yeah, you just crushed my next question. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) No, you answered it. That's what I was going to say was like, how do you take those negatives in and play that into what you do now? You know, like a lot of people are like, oh, if I had a business, I would do this or I would do it this way. Well, like, do you, is there some things that you feel like people want to get away from, but kind of will never get away from if you're working a nine to five, no matter who you work for, you know, cause like where I'm, what I'm getting at is like, uh, in a nine to five and in a corporation, you know, you're constantly like chasing a carrot or you're chasing this Idea. constant need to grow and improve and get to the next level and get to the next management position or whatever that is. Right. You're chasing approval of other people. So, me as uh you know a business owner i i hated that you know i hated the chasing the stick and not getting recognition for something so 
now I, sorry, as, as a, as when I worked a nine to five, I hated that as a business owner. Now I take that and I try and apply that to my team to let them know like that. Hey, this is our vision. This is where we're going. And you're a part of that. You can be a piece of that. This is what we need to do to get there, you know, and kind of holding down to my word better than I did or than I was basically received upon. So that's what, that's what I, that was my question realistically was, do you take that and you apply that to your business? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I remember like the work atmosphere that I was in before and it wasn't very supportive. I felt like everybody was just sitting there talking shit about each other. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that like I would not stand for in my business is, you know, it's like we spend so much time together. It's like we're family yeah. and I'm going to treat it like that. And when we, when we like, when we succeed, we're all going to succeed. And it's like, I put my employees before, before like myself, like everybody's getting paid. You know, you know that, that story. It's like mm -hmm. everybody gets paid before you get paid. And, but like doing that, it like pushes you to be a better person. Um, you know, we just, we just got benefits for everybody. And it may not seem like a big deal, but it's like, it was a big deal for us. You know, that's a lot of money going out. That's and, a huge, yeah, for sure, bro. But we're looking at like the business in more of a longevity aspect. Mm -hmm. And where do we lack when it comes to long-term employees? It would be the benefits, you know, they're going to hit a certain age where they need those types of things. Yep. And so we, we had to, we had to make that move and, and implement that. And, you know, that was kind of something that was lacking when I was, um, working a nine to five It's like, you know, I wasn't able to afford the benefits. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, now we take care of that for everybody. That's cool, dude. Ty, what's something you're doing right now to challenge yourself? Um, so I started a new Instagram page. It is uh, G free with T and it is about my journey with celiac disease. And so I got diagnosed in 2018. And so it's been just like this ongoing journey of like kind of self-discovery and um, just kind of like what it takes and the hardships with that. So I was at a place for a while where I was like super like wanted to educate myself on it and talk about it. And then I got to a point where I was just so sick of talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I like came to the realization where I was just like, you know, like I can't keep speaking as it's like me because like I'm not my disease and I can't like I'm that's not me. Like my body has this, but like I don't. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of just like shut it all down. I was like, I don't want to talk about it when people ask me about it. I just like didn't want to talk about it. And so. I guess I'd be challenging myself to kind of just like start sharing my story um, and helping people who also have celiac disease find uh, just create like a safe space and kind of help with that healing journey because like it can be really tough and there's not a lot of research out there that can kind of help direct people. So I think I'm challenging myself just by like being more proactive and just kind of helping a putting community. being more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's so, huge, dude. That's why. Why? Was it so hard for you to talk about for a long time? Like, why, why was it hard for you to, or did you feel like that was just always the center of the conversation? It was always the center of the conversation. And it just like, 
you know, it's like we go out somewhere and I eat before or like I'll eat after. So it's just like, oh, like, why are you not eating? Or like, do you want this? I can make you this. It's like, well, no, like I don't want to have to like constantly like explain. Mm -hmm. And so it was that. But then, you know, I kind of switched it to where it's just like, you know, like it's okay to like educate people. Um, You don't always have to talk about it. But I think just kind of bringing more awareness. Yeah. So people have like a better understanding of it. It's got to be annoying. Yeah, but (laughs) we've like definitely, um, he's a very big advocate for me too. And so he speaks up like when I don't want to, because he'll Mm -hmm. know where I'm just like, nope. And he'll step in and kind of like give like the whole spiel. But yeah, it can get annoying, but it's like I can either take something and like make it annoying or I could turn it into something to be. Dude, that's cool. Knowledgeable. So what's cool about that podcast too is there are a there's a very slim picking. Wait, it's a podcast? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Apparently. It's, I'm getting <laughs> Yeah, tired. when are you starting the podcast, bro? <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Instagram page is like highlighting um, some of the local places that we frequent. Oh, smart. Yeah. And That's really so cool. there are restaurants that, um, that do actually tend to this whole, to, to like gluten free, but actually yeah. celiac safe. Mm-hmm. There's, a lot of restaurants out there that claim that they're gluten-free, but they're not celiac safe. And so this platform is like Ty's very educated when it comes to this stuff. And there's a lot of like experience behind it and Mm -hmm. a lot of research that's gone into it. And so she's highlighting these places that you can go or these um, things that you can eat um, dude. Bravo. Yeah. Cause it's, it's hard. It's really hard. What was that? What was that like for you when you're trying to figure out, like when you had no idea what it was? Yeah. So when it first happened, like the second I got what, diagnosed. Like what happens for one? What's what's a side effect of celiac? Like I don't, I, um, one, I don't even know what it is. There's, okay. So celiac disease is an autoimmune disease. Okay. And so essentially your body has an auto. <laughs> hang on, pause. She goes, hang on, let me just replay it. Sorry. <laughs> So essentially your body, God, you can tell you told this story so many fucking times. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking okay. with you. No, I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk this better because he, he's listened to this story a million times and there's a long story and, and there's, there's a short, a short one. one. So I was trying to find the I short one. I know it's fucking hard. It, it really, I get it. I just told a really long story that I somehow wanted to make short, but I knew it was not. This is good practice for me. Okay. So it is an autoimmune disease and my body will have an autoimmune reaction to gluten, which is a protein found in wheat, barley, malt, rye, um, fucking everything, everything. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who have gluten intolerances, um, which is more of like an allergy mm-hmm. and intolerance, um, whereas mine is autoimmune. So when I have a reaction, it damages my intestines. And so you have like these little villi in your intestines and they like absorb all the nutrients and all the food. But when that happens, mine all get wiped. So you get essentially malnourished. Um, When I got diagnosed, my body was like in anorexia because of like how much like I had lost weight and I couldn't absorb anything. Um, And there's over 250 symptoms and each person has different symptoms. So it's really hard to diagnose. And so, um, a lot of people like don't get a positive test till like after like 10 years plus of like all these things. Um, and it can be like commonly like misdiagnosed with other stuff. And so it's just a lot. But when I first got diagnosed, um, I was like upset. So I was just like, what the heck is this? But I was at the lowest point in my life where I just felt so shitty 
And I was like, I do not want to feel like this. So I just was like, I'm going to do anything I can to get better because like, this is not going to be my life. Mm. So I just had like that pivotal point. Um, I couldn't get out of bed. So I started doing yoga in bed to try to like get like my body moving. And that kind of helped lifted my spirits, especially like my mindset on things. And so, you know, the journey's hard. Um, and a lot of people, like everyone has a different mindset on it, but I like see people who struggle differently. And like, I was so fortunate to have a support system where everyone believed that this was real. Cause a lot of people don't believe it's real. They think it's just an exaggeration. Mm -hmm. Um, people who support me, I have friends who have completely learned how to cook safely for me. Um, and a lot of people don't have those support systems. And so, yeah, to be able to create a space where like people can come, um, have a community, no safe places, have it be like celiac, like tested approved where there's like no question and just kind of create that. Cause there's not too much of that out there. Dude, that's, I think that's amazing. Finding something that you can live and you can experience every single day. And you know that like other people are, are going through that, that yeah. why me thing, the totally. questioning, you know how the fuck am I going to make it out of this? And you know, I'm alone. And so that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I assume, hopefully there's not as how many people do you know, or is there like confirmed with celiacs or is, is it? So there's, I think like 1% of Americans have it, wow, but okay. that's only 1% of people who are currently diagnosed yeah there's and there's probably. still a lot of people out there i think they said like what one in ten is people. up with this gluten thing dude. so you ready for it yeah go okay <laughs> so it actually because it, it roots back to like uh ancestral diet and what you were what the ancestors were actually eating back in the day and what happened is like over the time we have introduced things into our diet that we weren't supposed to eat so go ahead I just want to quickly add into this. So the human body, it adapts every 13,000 years. Uh. And so it's like what we've just introduced into our bodies in the past 100, 150 years is not what our ancestors were eating within the past 13,000 years. Sure. Okay. So long story short, we're going to see a lot more of this being frequent. A lot more sick people. It's... It hasn't came full circle. It's what, starting... okay, what's the difference between like a GMO though and say gluten or is gluten because isn't gluten, gluten something that is it's a, a protein. protein found in wheat, barley, malt or rye. So basically, but why was it not over... a problem initially though? Well, it has been a problem for a while, but there's like no research into it. So there's studies, I think dating back to like the early 1900s, late 1800s of studies of like people actually finding out celiac disease. And hmm. so it's just, you know, it's genetic as well. So it's just an autoimmune. So however that kicks in, but, um, there's not a lot of, but isn't, research. is it, is it all gluten is the thing that is, yeah. So I can have wheat. Um, so there, yeah. So there's like, uh, brands that I can have that have wheat in it. Cause I don't have a wheat allergy. Mm -hmm. I just can't have gluten. Got it. And so it's like, it's a lot. You know, and so that's why it's important to like educate people on like what it is. Okay. And so yeah. with with the gluten thing, it's just now becoming we'll just call it very. Uh, I don't know. Mainstream isn't the word for it, but could, more or less like what I'm saying. People are aware. Gluten free is becoming mainstream. Right. I think yeah. that celiac is not like a mainstream thing. It's like an actual like diagnosed disease. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's gaining traction where people are starting to recognize it now yeah so it's kind of like a double-edged sword it's really awesome that there's a lot of gluten-free things happening mm -hmm. but a lot of them aren't celiac safe 
And so, you know, I could go to a restaurant and be like, hey, like I have celiac. I can't. What have. is celiac safe? Uh, like essentially they prep everything separate from all okay, the gluten. So, so they have like dedicated it, pans, dedicated workspace. Um, and I'll let them know. I'm like, yeah, like I have this. And they're just like, okay. But then, you know, the person before me said that, oh, they had, you know, a wheat aller or a gluten allergy. Mm-hmm. And then they had croutons on their salad and they just picked the croutons off or ate the croutons because they're feeling risky today. Got it. And so, and there's no shame to any of that because it's so different from what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of... There's, yeah, it's harder for us wow, in those dude. situations. So it's important to like advocate and educate restaurants, people. But the Pacific Northwest is so great for this because when I was in Utah, there was nothing. And so I'm like in a haven here. I got all my gluten free breweries, food places. <laughs> Get them as a sponsor. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. No, that's dope. Lucky girl. What is, uh, well, I'm excited to see what you do with the page, dude. Thanks. Yeah, that's going to be dope. What are you doing to challenge yourself right now? not be in production so much yeah yeah stepping away so stepping away. do yeah. it really really stepping away yeah, yeah. engaging with um like the things that i want to be doing more mm-hmm. um not forcing myself to be in those miserable moments um you know it's like i've talked about it before but it's like i love surfing and i love snowboarding yeah and so making those things um some of the priorities in my life has actually like enhanced our business as well you know it's like we're meeting people that are intertwined with this whole circle of you know snowboarders and surfers that are also entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like we're not just aligning on business we're also aligning on something that we're passionate about that's cool um and then travel, you know, so we got a couple of trips on the books right now. Um, we're planning on going to Costa Rica in April and then, uh, we're going, uh, I'm going to go to Nicaragua with, uh, some, uh, like two of my good buddies. Nice. And we're going to be surfing out there. Dude. So living it up, dude, just trying to be and in that it, spot. And you started a, a new brand recently. Talk about that. What is that? I did. So this is, uh, it's, it's shaping up. Okay. And it's basically, um, it's just kind of like this little passion project where my buddies and I, we would be sitting on this log waiting for the uh, tide to change and we would just stay optimistic about it. And we'd be like, well, what do you think? And we're like, oh, I think it's shaping up. Like, let's, let's go out. So it's like a, it's like a way of preaching positivity and optimism. Yeah. Like that's like the core value of it more or less. Yep, exactly. And it was one of those things where we started using it like at at the coast while we're Mm -hmm. surfing and then all of a sudden we're using it at the mountain it's like clouds are rolling in and the snow's starting to fall Mm -hmm. it's like it's shaping up yeah and so we took that and started like applying it into like business and life and it's like you know i'd call up my buddies and we'd be like hey like how how are things going today it's like same thing it's shaping shaping up up. yeah i like it dude people gonna be saying it uh here pretty quick more often than you think maybe yeah they will have you how's the how's been the launch of that so far it was good yeah i mean we've received a lot of good support from people and just like tapping into the this whole network of um just like people who want to like cherish the time that they have outside Mm -hmm. and the whole thing behind it is like there's people that want to go outside to get outside but then there's people who thrive in that atmosphere and me being one of them it's like i feel at most myself when I'm like out doing these things with the people that I love. Right. And, um, yeah. So, you know, just like cultivating this community of people that are passionate about it, 
but then we're pulling in another aspect of it where we actually like feature these artists. And this is something that I've like dabbled in with um, like previous clothing lines that I've done. Mm -hmm. But this one specifically is like, we're really trying to highlight the artist that is creating the artwork for the apparel and we want to showcase them and pay them accordingly, but also give them um, recognition to where um, they're going to get supported by someone that is in this network of people. Nice. Yeah. All about helping people, dude. Dude, it goes full circle for everyone. I love it. Um, we'll wrap this up, dudes. But All right, guys. Well, uh, one, I appreciate you both. I love you guys. Uh, do me a favor if you guys haven't already, if you've made it this far into the episode, we appreciate you. Um, thank you for supporting us as always. Uh, little props to us, Carter. We just reached 19.5. I mean, by the time this episode hits, we're going to be over 20K. So I'm just going to give us a pat on the back right now as far as our Instagram subscribers. Um, thank you guys for the support. Thank you for listening and, you know, to our rants in the morning, like my morning walks. <laughs> The cold plunges. Um, thank you for supporting this journey. And, and I, I wouldn't be able to be here and do any of this and have as much fun as I do and meet all these great people um, if it wasn't for you guys' support. And I'm really excited to share the next few months with you guys because we actually already booked out uh, like the next like two months full of guests. And people are actually flying in from other states to come on the show now. And people with like crazy stories that i'm like beyond excited to talk to these people with you guys not that you guys are not unspecial i love you you are my core you will come on more often um but because of of you guys committing and following and viewing the show every week and sharing you know these stories with your friends with your family it allows me opportunity to view and you know get people on so that they can share their stories that they normally wouldn't to people who I think don't support or don't have a supportive following. So I'm thankful for you guys. That's all I want to say. Um, and do me a favor. If you haven't already, I know that there's 57% of you that watched our last video that didn't hit the subscribe button. So hit the freaking button and we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.